0: They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. Talk Radio.
0: Hello. Welcome to this installment of the Steel Conversation brought to you by Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports. My name is Brian Diardo, and joining me on this show for the first time is Matt Zimba. Matt's a native of Pittsburgh, PA, uh, lifetime Steeler fan, and a Duquesne graduate, which all you, you Steelers diehards know is where uh, Dan Rudy, the Steelers' current owner, attended. Um, he is uh, still a native of Pittsburgh, and he's going to uh, roll along with me on the first uh, postseason podcast. Unfortunately, we're saying postseason podcast because the Steelers – uh, were unable to continue. Uh, really, a, a remarkable season. Uh, they fell to the Broncos yesterday by the score of 23 to 16. Uh, obviously, as you know, the Steelers were, were just marred with injuries, and as gallantly as they fought, they just they just could not uh, they could not finish yesterday's game. had a had a uh, lead of seven to six, a uh, lead of 10 to six, a lead of uh, 13 to nine, and led by a point late in the game, uh, into the fourth quarter. But a, a key fumble a 65-yard drive by the Broncos, uh, and then a turnover on downs uh, kind of doomed the Steelers' fate. But in any event, uh, I'm getting just a, a big sense uh, that there's not – I mean, obviously there's sadness, but I also feel like um, in Steeler Nation, a lot of people are still happy with the season that the Steelers had. Obviously, uh, as Steeler fans, we expect Super Bowls, um, but you don't want it every year. And I think this team showed uh, growth from last year, uh, and they show promise for the future. So, Matt, we'll just start there. And let's talk about the game. Uh, you know, it was a game that, that, you know, a lot of people didn't think the Steelers had much of a chance to win. I don't think I saw it prognosticator outside of Bill Cower, who now lives with CVS, actually picked us to win this game. Uh, but the Steelers uh, had an early lead. They fell behind early, 6 0. Uh, but then they kind of got their bearings after that slow start. The defense did a good job holding Denver to just field goals early, as they had done all year. Pittsburgh's defense was very bend but not break. Uh, but just, you know, once we got into the fourth quarter, once uh, Manning got that turnover, you know, that's what great quarterbacks do. They take turnovers and they turn it into points. And I wanted to ask you, Matt, uh, what do you think played the biggest role in the Steelers' loss yesterday? Uh, was it just the fact that, that it was just Denver's time? You know, Denver, uh, we had beaten them a month earlier. It's hard to beat a team two, you know, two times in a season, let alone two times in a month. And, you know, we just, the Steelers' defense, as good as they played, uh, they just faced a Hall of Fame quarterback that just got it together. Was it just Denver being better? Um, was it the, the fumble? That's one thing that, that Ben Roethlisberger and, and other Steelers kept saying yesterday, that it was not uh, Toussaint, Toussaint's uh, fumble that cost them the game. However, it, it did change momentum, and it did lead to Denver going on the, the eventual game-winning drive you know, right away. Uh, was it the play calls? Um, there's a couple – uh, controversial play calls that, that not a lot of people have discussed in the aftermath of the game. Uh, You know, I know early in the first quarter on the Steelers' first drive of the game, they had the ball in Denver territory and uh, had uh they went for it on fourth and short when Boswell could have kicked a field goal within his range and the Steelers didn't make it. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, the Steelers had the ball at Denver's 34-yard line and elected to punt instead of going for it or trying a field goal. Uh, or just the injuries. As everybody knows, Antonio Brown didn't play. Deja Williams didn't play. And all those injuries were just finally just too much to overcome. Matt, what do you think was the biggest reason why the Steelers were unable to get out of yesterday's
2: game with a win? Uh, when I look back at the game, I, I definitely don't – I don't think you can point out one specific play um, or the injuries or the play calls. Um, when, you, when, you, when you look at the play calls, I, I think uh, it's it's a lot easier to – think you should have done something differently when you look back at something that didn't work the way you planned on it. Um I think that's a lot it's a lot easier to look back on something to, than to uh foresee a play call not working. Um, you know with the injuries, you know, I think that the Steelers have enough depth. Uh yeah. and I, I, I really enjoyed seeing our backups uh play really well. Um I think that just shows that the Steelers are gonna compete uh no matter who they put on the field. Um so I think that's great to see for next season. I think it was uh it's great to see who they want to keep around, um, and you know. So as far as the fumble, I definitely don't think um, you can blame that either because there were plays all throughout the game where uh, where they could where they would have had a, where the Steelers had chances. Um, it was just that that one was at the most pivotal point in the game, so that's going to unfortunately be remembered. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think you can blame the fumble because there there were a lot of other there were a lot of other chances and. Uh, that would that wouldn't have been nearly as meaningful if um, if they had capitalized on those other chances.
0: So, so you're going to go on the injuries, pretty much.
2: Yeah, I don't, when I look back at it, it's almost just like it was two really good teams competing, um, and, and one team can end up with a slight lead in the end. So, um, so you're going, okay,
1: so you know, well, I, you're
0: going with Denver, which which I, I think is is a is a wise call. I mean, you're you're just saying that. You can't and it's kinda of what the Steelers said. They would have loved to loved to have had A D out there and D'Angelo, but at the end of the day they weren't gonna use that excuse and it looks like you're not going to either.
2: Yeah, I think the backups played great. Um so in in uh especially Fitzgerald Tucson, I think he had a great postseason. Um, especially with uh last week in, in such a big game against Cincinnati, that being his his first action of the regular season. I think he really stepped up and uh you know, they wouldn't have gotten to Denver without him. So uh, I was ha- I'm was i happy to have him on the team this year, and I hope they bring him back for next season. Right, and I, and I
0: agree with you. I, I think, obviously, if, I think if Brown plays, I think if William plays, the dynamic of the game changes. Um, but you just you don't know. And, then, and really, you know, D'Angelo only had 16 yards rushing against Denver a month ago. I, I get it was a different game and different situations. But, you know, it wasn't like either way the running game was maybe necessarily going to win this game for the Steelers. Obviously, Tucson's fumble, fumble. Uh, that was a huge play. And, and, but, and, and this is what Trent Dilfer said earlier on ESPN earlier today, that it was just a great play by Bradley Roby. I mean, he just made a great play on the ball. Uh, Tucson was holding it high and tight. That's what uh, running backs are taught to do. Yeah. He didn't have two hands on the ball, but, but most running backs when they're in the open field, don't have both hands on the ball. <laughs> they're using one hand to protect the ball and the other hand to uh, shield the defender away or to stiff arm or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. And the Steelers didn't use an excuse. And Denver certainly had guys that were banged up, too, not as many as the Steelers. My only thing is, when, when you look back at the play calling, and I'm not going to be too overly critical, it wasn't as bad as, as the controversial calls in Seattle uh, with that, that crazy play where we used Villanueva as a receiver, our lineman, uh and we had our our kicker th- or our backup Landry Jones trying to throw him the ball when Seattle wasn't fooled. You know, it, it wasn't the the Baltimore game, which was some of the, the worst calls you're ever going to see, with with Michael Vick instead of Le'Veon Bell getting getting uh, the ball in his hands four times on third and fourth downs. Um, so it wasn't like that. But I will say this. It would have been nice to have seen Tomlin have more confidence in Boswell because if you look back on that fourth down, if you have kicked that field goal, that's three more points. And with the ball at the 34 yard line in the fourth quarter, if Boswell kicks, you know, a field goal, well, that's three more points. Um, I think Tomlin was just he played conservative after, uh, for whatever reason, with, with Boswell. He just didn't think, for whatever reason, that Boswell had the leg in Denver to kick a 30, uh, a 51 yard field goal twice. Twice they had the ball at the 34, and twice Tomlin said that he didn't think pretty much that Boswell can make the 51 yarder. Uh, my only thing, Matt, is. is I don't understand why Tomlin didn't have any faith in in Boswell, or do you think, you know, is it that, or do you think he just wanted to, uh, especially later in the game when they punted, uh, do you think that he just wanted uh, you just to play field position with Denver?
2: Yeah, I I definitely think uh, he was going for field position. Um, Yeah, that punt didn't work out, obviously, the way they thought it would with it being a touchback. And they were at maybe what the 34, and, then Denver up with the ball at the 20 after a punt. So um, looking back, I guess, you know, they should have gone with the field goal. Um, but I guess that's easy to say when the play didn't work out the way they thought it would.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree with you. My, yeah, but again, you know, I, uh, I, one reporter that was there that I read said that, that there was basically no win yesterday. So it wasn't like one of those things where if it was windy and mile high and you're in a tight game where no one's really scoring, I can understand why you don't want to give up the short field if you miss a field goal. But Boswell, in my opinion, he made four field goals last week, including the game-winner in Cincinnati. He had made 29 of his, of his 32 field goal attempts this season, and that's in the last 12 games. We didn't have him until game you know, until week five. He had earned the right to at least have a chance to try a field goal on, on that stage. And even if he misses it, we lost the game, and he has that experience now heading into next year. So my only thing with, with this whole thing was – you're willing to go for it on fourth down at the 34-yard line in the fourth first quarter, but in the fourth quarter, when you have the ball in the same position, you just you try to punt and you take a delayed game penalty. I know at that point, Tomlin knew at that point, okay, well, now it's a defensive game. He didn't necessarily know that in the first quarter. So I can't just say, well, you know, I that that's my rationale uh, for his inconsistency there with what to do on a fourth down when you're that deep in an opponent's territory, but still – would have liked to have seen them, you know, at least try a field goal in one of those two situations, and, and and see what Boswell can do on that stage. See what the kid can do. I think he had earned earned that right. But let's talk now, Matt, about uh, about uh, the season looking back. Uh, well, you know, we're not done. Kind of breaking down the Broncos game. We'll do more of that. But you know, it w- it was a season, and I think you'll agree with me. And you live in Pittsburgh, so I you know I know you you have a good a good perspective of this. I I feel like even though this season didn't end with the Lombardi Trophy, Steeler fans aren't terribly upset today. Obviously, they're upset that the team's not moving forward, but it's not that same disappointment that you normally get when the Steelers – like like when we lost last time in Denver, last time you know in, in 2011, uh, when we lost in Denver with the Tebow game. I, I feel like Steeler fans are almost okay with, with, with how the season ended just because of the fact that this team has, does show promise for the future.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd say um, you know they looked like they they could have had a really good run through the playoffs and maybe even make it back to the Super Bowl um, based off the way they were were playing yesterday at a lot of points throughout the game. Um, but yeah, when I look back at the season, you know um, I think it's a pretty memorable year. Uh, just the way that they uh, the way that they got into the playoffs, um, you know the, the way that the whole game in Cincinnati went and they came out with the win. Uh, and just with uh, how competitive the game was yesterday, um, so I think it's I think it was an exciting season. Um, and you know, after a year like that, you know, it it, uh, it brings out excitement for next season because uh, you know how with how well with how strong they look. Um, you know, if they bring back a lot of the same guys, uh, it could be a really good year next year. And what I what I really enjoyed about this postseason was uh, I didn't I, I enjoyed. Uh, seeing how well our backups played. Um because a lot of people, you know, they just think about Antonio Brown and Williams being out. Um and but uh, you know, they were also missing a lot of the starting offensive line and uh Lady on Bell hasn't gotten talked about either. So a lot of people um you know have mainly had talking about D'Angelo Williams, but like he was our starter um throughout the postseason. Right. So, you know, I think it's exciting to uh just to uh to see, you know, to to think how, how competitive the team can be next next season no matter who they put out.
0: You you're right. And that's an awesome point you make. Uh <laughs> it, it, lost in all of this is laying the middle and having played since week five. You remember last year, this team uh went to the Super Bowl a year ago and uh you know and I think we actually have a caller, so I want to go ahead and get this person on. Well, you're on the show.
1: Hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm calling from South Carolina, Somerville. And oh, I've cool. you know,
0: welcome, welcome
1: to the show. Yeah, I used to live in Lake, Pennsylvania, about 75 miles north of Pittsburgh. But um, I've the game history, and I was watching a game yesterday, and I was listening to you guys talk. I wish Tomlin would have went for that one on the fourth. He should have gone for it. I think he could have caught Denver's defense off. And they could have made it down to a first uh, another uh, first down, but um, my question is to you. I like that Jesse James guy. Do you think they're grooming him to uh, possibly step in for Heath Miller when he retires? What was your name again, sir? My name's Troy from Somerville, South Carolina. Carolina. Awesome,
0: awesome. Hey, enjoy that weather for both of us because we're up here in the up here in the East Coast pretty much, and it's it's awful. So, and thank you for for your call, Troy. And You know, Matt, I'll let you handle this one first. Me, personally, I I think Jesse James is going to be great, and that was a great call. Uh, Peter King uh, of SI.com said earlier today that uh, the Steelers should draft, uh, you know, Max Williams type of Baltimore, who the Steelers supposedly wanted to draft, but Baltimore beat him uh, out and got him last year. Uh, I don't think they need to get a tight end like that. And I think you're right, Troy. I I think with with, with Jesse James, he had a big catch yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, Matt, uh, you know he, hadn't, he didn't get a lot of opportunities to play earlier in the year. He had a lot of drops in the Hall of Fame game, which you know that was just a few months after he was drafted. But man, this guy has has the size. He got open in the middle of the field, which is not easy to do. Uh, you know I'm not really quite sure about his blocking, but obviously it's somewhat good because the Steelers aren't going to put him into the game if he can't block. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I, I personally think that that Jesse James, like like Troy's alluding to, uh, can definitely be a guy that can evolve into a starting tight end for us.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think okay. he's, uh, he's played really well for a rookie. Um, you know, one thing I, I think about um, when, when you bring up um, starting for Heath Miller after Heath retires um, is, you know, people are actually confusing him with Heath Miller when he made catches earlier in the season. Um, so, I mean, I think that shows how, how well he really did play as a rookie this season.
1: Hey, Troy, we'll, we'll get you out of here with what oh, – go ahead, Troy. Oh, just one more question. I am so glad they took on that Venner Waver guy, the uh, former um, Army guy at West Point. I guess he's a captain um, to be on the offensive line for blocking. That dude's huge, man. With him at Castro, I don't know if is going to come back or not, but uh, they just need to build up the offensive line just a little bit more and let Ben have – you know what, I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of miss the freedom that Ben had a little bit when um, – Oh, the offensive guy. I'm sorry, guys. I'm stumbling here. The coach from Phoenix was there. The offensive coach. Um, but I just seemed to be a lot of that you're talking about there. This. Right. Right. Yeah, right. like, you know, the need to have a little... get... Okay, I let you guys go. But
0: thanks for taking my call. Right, and thank thank you, Troy. Again, we we appreciate you calling in on the show here behind the steel curtain. And, uh, you know, Matt, I think Troy made some really good points, something that, that you and me have been alluding to, um, is that, you know, the Steelers had so many players come in this season that were injured and, and played well. And he mentioned, you know, Jesse James, who, like you said, you're right, even uh, on the broadcast, not yesterday, but earlier, when Jesse James made a catch, even the announcers were saying Heath Miller. Because he yeah. he looks just like Miller. He looks just like Spades. He's cut in the same cloth. Uh, and And – he was 21 years old when we drafted him. He was very young. Uh, some people didn't think he should have came out early. I believe it was a fifth round draft pick, so it wasn't like the Steelers like waste, you know, sp- you know, spent too much money on him. And gosh, this guy was one of our best rookies. Assuming you know, when you think about that, we had you know three of our our seven rookies. You know, four of our seven rookies barely played the season, and, and Sanquez Golson, our second round pick, didn't play at all because he got injured prior to the year starting. Um, and and yeah, Phil Nueva uh, who who did serve three tours of duty as an Army Ranger in Afghanistan. I mean, Matt, I mean, talk about, about him and, and uh, when Kelvin Beecham came down, he just came in and, and really solidified that last tackle position.
2: Yeah, yeah, he he really stepped it up. Um, like I was saying earlier, I think a lot of people, you know, forgot throughout the season that the offensive line um, was as injured as it was. Um, people really only talked about, you know, the Angela Williams injury and the Antonio Brown injury this past week. Um, you didn't really hear too much about the offensive line. I think that shows how well they played.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think, that, and this kind of this kind of brings us into another conversation, which which is Ben. It came out today that Mike Tomlin was very emotional uh, and actually broke down in tears, and he was addressing the team yesterday. Which uh, Martavis Bryant, and I'll, I'll give it this: Bryant's only been around for two years, but he said that was the first time that he had ever heard uh, or seen Tomlin cry. Um, I, and, and especially they said he broke down when he approached uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger after the game, I guess gave him a hug. Um, and, 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 you know, tying that in with what Troy talked about with uh, Alejandro Villanueva, uh, that line in Villanueva has praised Ben for his leadership. Because, you know, Villanueva, mm-hmm. understandably, I mean, this guy – was not in the NFL a year ago. He was cut by the Eagles last year. He put on 100 pounds. He played tight end or receivers last year at Army back in 2009 before he went to Afghanistan and, and served for our country. We thank him for his service. Puts on 100 pounds, comes back, barely makes the roster this year. Uh, you know, Beecham gets hurt against Arizona, and he has to come in and play against the Cardinals-style defense right away. And, yes, he gave up a sack near the end of the Chiefs game in there were a few moments where he struggled. But, but in large, this guy really improved throughout the season to the point where there were several games when we went on that run scoring 35 points in six straight games where our O-line wasn't allowing a single sack. And, um, and a lot of that's because of right. were on the way and the offensive line. But they kept saying throughout the year how badly they wanted to play for Ben, how much they wanted to protect him. Talk about, Matt, how how much Ben has just gone through this this, this transformation from where he was when he first came into the league as a young guy to where he is now, where his coach is crying over him and people that served in Afghanistan are talking about his leadership.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think he's really earned a lot of respect um, with the team. Um, You know, uh, I think he, I mean, he's definitely played really well. He's, uh, he's always, uh, I I, I really like to see how he's always encouraging all the teammates Uh, no matter what he's sticking up for for his players. So I think that's I think yeah, it yeah. a lot of respect. Um and, and you know he uh he he even when he uh even when he has to call somebody out, you know, they they always work it out and make the best of it. So Well
0: it, it, it makes you think and I think Steeler fans are this way. You know, yeah we want to win the Super Bowl every year. You know, that we've come accustomed to having those kind of teams. But I think A because it had been you know, it's been since the 2010 season since we had won a playoff game until last Saturday, uh, and the fact that this this team just that this this band of brothers is what they keep saying, just like they did 10 years ago. I mean, it's real. I mean, these guys really loved each other. And again, there's there's a long time uh, sports writer that I read that's covered the team for over 20 years. He said this is the tightest group he's ever seen. The Steelers had a lot of tight groups going back to the 90s with Bettis and Blitzberg and Slash and all those guys to. Uh, the group, you know, 10 years ago with Bettis was still there with Heinz Ward and Joey Porter and all those guys. And the team now, I mean, that's saying something. And and I think the fact that this team is, is still, you know, they've got a great blend of of young talent, uh, talent that's ripe. That like Antonio Brown is going to be 28 this year. Like he's right in his prime like now. Like this year, next year, maybe the year after that. Or Davis Bryant is, is 24. He's going to be 25 this year. I mean, there's just so many. Yeah, now, Ben's 34. So I think the window for Ben, he's got a couple more years, I think. Maybe maybe, maybe at most three or four more years of, of real vintage football, as long as he can stay healthy. But, and that's the big thing, is healthy. I mean, Matt, I think if this team stays healthy, and I think that's one reason why fans right now aren't taking the loss as hard as playoff losses in years past, I feel like what, from what they saw of this team and, and, and with all the, the pieces that are going to remain in place, there's a lot in store for this team.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so too. I think next year could be a big year. Um but while we're t- while we're on the subject of this past season, one thing I wanted to bring up was that uh that Arizona game, um, when we beat them yeah. by twelve points. You know, that's uh that's uh, to me I didn't realise how big of a game it was at the time. But looking back I think that's one of the most memorable games of the season when we played uh and you know, a team that only lost two games so far this year and they're playing the NFC title game. Um and Landry jones uh played most of that game and uh looked really really good and ended up winning. Um looking back at that I think that's a that's a really big game um you know just because it kind of shows how competitive the Steelers are gonna be no matter who's playing.
0: No doubt. And and uh I think that win, that's a good point. That was that was a big win. My favorite win was actually the week before that um, against San Diego. Now, San Diego wasn't very good. but No one really knew that at that time. I think – I want to say San Diego was also 2-2. Two and two. We were 2-2 two and two coming off the loss to uh, Baltimore, which which easily – I don't know about you, it was easily the lowest point of the season for me, not even the Bengal loss in week eight. Because I think at that point I knew we had a good team. We just needed things to come together. We needed something to happen to bring our team together, uh, and it happened uh, – Shortly after that, you know, we beat, we had the two wins against Cleveland and Oakland, which going into our bye week, and then things just kind of rolled. And even with the loss to Seattle, that just kind of momentarily kind of, uh, you know, derailed us just for a moment. Um, and I even think in that game, it showed what the Arizona game showed we can go anywhere and beat anybody if we play the right way and play together, uh, offense and defense. Um, but the San Diego game, to me, I think was my favorite because. We were 2 and 2. We just had a, a horrific loss against Baltimore. And that could have been that. That could have been one of those losses that, that derails your season, even though it was early. You know, it, it's one of those losses where you just think, is it going to be one of those years? You know, we already lost Bell. We already lost Pouncey. Uh, You know, at that point, we had just lost Ben. That was Michael Vick's, uh, you know, first game. Uh, that was right after Ben went down in, in, in week three. And you're just thinking, you know, is this just going to be one of those years nothing works out? We didn't have a kicker. Um, so then that next week at San Diego, uh, you know, to to win in the fashion that we won. Because again, you know, San Diego took a seventeen to ten lead and, and you're just thinking this season just isn't meant to be. Uh but before that, uh with Antoine Blake's interception in that game, which was which, which was one of I think the defense's early statements that, okay, we're not the steel curtain, but we can still do things to help this team win. We can still get turnovers we can sack the quarterback and then Vic had what became the only great moment of his time with the Steelers. I don't know if they'll keep him or not, and we're not going to get into that on this show. We will in future shows, I promise. But uh, to me, that was, like, the highlight of the season, capped off with with Bell's touchdown run. I think that showed me that uh, this season was just, you know, we talked about this a little bit, Matt, like, what season besides this one, like, because I think this season will be remembered, you know. It's easy to say that now because it just ended, but I think this season will be remembered. what, What season for you stands out? Uh, among the Sealer seasons that were very good but just didn't end in the Super Bowl?
2: You know, um, you know looking back, I would say 2004 um, when was bigger had his rookie season and they went 15-1 and in the regular season. Um, and they beat the Jets in a very close playoff game in a divisional round and then ended up losing to New England, unfortunately, in the AFC title. You know, even though, um, even though that season didn't end the way we all hoped, I think mean, that was outside the Super Bowl years, I think that was uh, the most memorable of my
0: lifetime. Yeah, that's that's one of them to me. I would go ninety seven as well. That was the year that uh it was kinda
1: like kinda
0: like this season in in, in the respect that, that, you know, there were expectations but we had Cordell Stewart starting for the first time so no one really knew how well he would do. Uh we started the year one and two. Uh, and then later three and you know, and no one really knew how well we were gonna be and then we just went on this run with, with the anti Fig Ten. and, and Bettis was second in the AFC in rushing behind Terrell Davis to Barry Sanders uh was third in the NFL in rushing, second in the AFC, which isn't too bad when you're behind Davis and Sanders. Uh and we just we were just we had all these crazy wins. You know, we were down twenty one nothing and came back to be Baltimore that season. Uh we were down twenty one seven to the Broncos, ended up winning thirty five to uh twenty four. You know, we were down fourteen nothing at New England and then down 21-13 in the same game and won the game in overtime on some crazy plays. So uh, it was just crazy. You know, it was just one of those crazy seasons. But one thing that, that you mentioned about this year, uh, we had ne- our our biggest margin of, of defeat was 10 points. I mean, that's something. Right. That, I mean, we were in every single game. And you go back to the New England game, week one, we missed two field goals. I can say at least in six of our seven losses this season – it wasn't because the Steelers just got beat by a better opponent. It was mistakes that the Steelers made. And I think that, that's also something that I think fans are looking forward to, that if we stay healthy and don't beat ourselves, we could win 13, 14 games next year.
2: Right. Yeah, and one thing about that Kansas City game where we lost by 10, people thought that was a bad loss at the time. Um, but, you know, that was because they were 1-5. Um, but then they ended up finishing the season 11-5. and five, So. But, right, uh, and you're right again,
0: a very you know. Tough we, game. We, right, and they just lost in the second in the same round we did to New England. So when you look at uh the the quality of teams we did lose to, and, and you know, Baltimore's a rivalry game. John, I, I'm not a fan of John Arnold, but he's a good coach. You have to give him his due. And we had won all those games in a row and we just had we laid Nick. And but that may have helped us later on because it they may have refocused us for the playoffs. But we lost a very quality opponent and uh we're running out of show though, and I would be remiss uh, to mention that today is 40 years since Super Bowl 10. Uh, Matt, I know you're, you're a Steelers historian. When I say Super Bowl 10, what's the first thing you think of?
2: Oh, you got me. I, you got me on this one. And then we, where we beat the Cowboys?
0: Yep, beat the Cowboys 21 17. Okay. And it was um, that one catch?
2: Oh, the Lynn Swan catch.
0: That's right, it was that Lynn Swan catch, and uh I, I threw that one on you i'll make I'll make sure I prepare you for the next one, but Yeah, that's the one that we won. uh we beat the cowboys twenty one to seventeen and uh the Steelers second straight Super Bowl victory on their on their way to four uh Swan had four catches hundred and sixty one yards, and uh that was the game where Cliff Harris challenged Swan not to play because Swan had that concussion against the Raiders two weeks back, but Swan played, and the Steelers won another Super Bowl. And, uh, Matt, wanted to thank you for joining our show. I know this won't be the last time you join it. Uh, looking forward to having you back. Thank you, Troy, for calling. And uh, we'll have this every single week, at least one of these shows. Maybe we'll do one live coming up and we'll get more callers like tonight we had with Troy. So, again, uh, for Matt Zimba, this is Brian Diardo signing off. We hope you enjoyed this installment of the Steel Conversation. Again, check out our website, Pittsburgh Sports dot uh, sportscom And, as always, it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.